welcome to the Midwest Frontier Podcast, formerly known as Whistle Mission Outdoors. I am Jim. And I'm Pat. And this is a podcast dedicated to anything in the outdoors in the Midwest. We like to cover hunting, fishing, conservation, a little bit of opinion, and a little bit of lifestyle. We like to talk about the touchy and hot topics. Anything controversial that involves the outdoors. Each week we try to have a segment with Bushlight Billy where he goes over a recipe or a tip or a trick for cooking. There's so much to talk about, so come and join us on the Frontier. We could kick this off whenever you want. Oh, I was partying last night. I couldn't keep up with Kate's mom. She just keeps going. Where'd you guys go? Um, they had this fundraiser. I, I originally thought it was through his work, but it was through uh, uh, like a DeKalb like community program that okay. her brother does. And uh, yeah, it was like a, it, they called it Prom Rewind. Super successful. They raised like 15 grand. Wow. Um. Yeah, I it was fun. I mean, I, I don't like dressing up and stuff, but still was fun. So this episode, we I got a I got I got a major update coming at the end that we're going to talk in the discussion topic. We're going to be talking about fishing licenses and the amount of them out there and things like that. But uh, it's going to be about a major decline. Uh, I just want to say that at the beginning of the episode, but there's a cliffhanger at the end, and this is going to really make you mad when I get to it. I promise you that. Cliffhanger at the end. Well, it's going to tie in with our discussion topic, but uh, I was very upset. I found this out this morning, all right? So it's a couple weeks after the fact, and uh, I found this out this morning, but we'll get to it. Um, I don't like getting upset, Jim. <laughs> I just feel like an idiot. So um, anyway, so you did some partying. What else you got? Uh, I've been working on the boat. I've been working on the boat every day, almost every day. Lift that mic up a little bit. There you go. I've been working on the boat almost every day. Nice. So Nice. Um, so you got the you got the trolling motor mounted. I got the trolling motor mounted. I got the anchor mounted on Friday. So you got the anchors done. Yeah, I, gotta, I was gonna go look at anchors today. Possibly, I was thinking about it. Did you notice that the davit on ours is designed to like kind of throw the anchor out? Like, yeah, it yeah. holds it off the end of the boat. But the way that the end is shaped and tapered, yeah, when you lower it down, it'll like squish it further out from the boat. Did you? Were you missing any parts in yours? Um, I didn't have anything to hold the plastic cover on the davit or whatever you call it. I didn't have mine. mine oh was yeah, missing they, the... they gave me four screws for that. Okay, mine, mine didn't come with a screw. That you know that pin that goes through there. Yeah, I, I didn't get any of that. Oh, because those were all in the same bag. Um, yeah, I looked through the box and never got, never found it. Did, do you have that plastic cover on there? Like, did you end up mounting it? No, or? I still got it on the side because I got nothing to mount it too. That pin that goes through there is very important for one. Um. It holds the davit from going all the way collapsed. Oh, okay. So it's, I thought it's, about making something at work. It's uh no, you definitely can. It's it's one of those double threaded like things. But when the davit comes up and stops, like it's it's got to stop. Otherwise, you're going to be cranking your anchor into the, you know. And then when you're driving, the davit will be bouncing. Mm, okay. So it doesn't like it. If you were to lower your anchor down, like it would, it wouldn't matter after it's stowed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so what else? I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna have a short episode here. I texted uh, Bush like Billy, but he must be laying in bed still. Um, so we might have a short episode here, which is okay. We kind of, kind of just we had both. We were kind of busy this week, six day work week, you know. And then, uh, yeah. So we just kind of came up with this one topic that I do want to talk about. I do think it's an interesting topic. Yeah. Uh, what else you got for the week? Um, another thing too. I mounted my GPS in a somewhat controversial spot controversial yeah. oh man is this gonna make the news no, no oh um no but uh the supreme court will be looking into it no uh or do you just mean non-typical non-typical it, i mean it's typical where it, it is but like for our boats non-typical so 
Yeah. I'm excited to look at it. Uh, we're going out next week, just so you know. Where? Uh, I'm not going to say on this, but we're going out next week. Might be going to the UP. Just kind of a last minute thing. For Turkey? Um, for Turkey or uh, because the weather's been so weird, I think it like next week it would actually be pretty good to go do turkeys in the UP. So maybe. Um, you want to hear about my week? Yeah. So I am like a walking hazard. Okay. Oh God! Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I know where you're getting. Oh, I, I had one happen yesterday too. We see that hole right there. Yeah. So I I stuck myself with my knife about half inch into my hand, the webbing on my left hand, and it went straight in. And uh, I kind of panicked. I, you know, I I got to the I got to a sink real quick. You know, cleaned it up, and I had a I had to keep applying uh, uh, paper towels to it to stop the bleeding. Ugh. It was so bad. It was so bad. I've never, I've never seen my body bleed like that in my life. I'd never seen it bubble out. And the, I had to clean the all the blood spots on the way to the sink. I had to clean them off the floor. Never seen blood come out of me like that. And then, and then, yesterday, I fell about four feet, but my rib cage stopped me. You oh. know, it broke the fall. Yeah. Well, you didn't look like you were moving slow. No, I'm good. It, it, uh, but I fell. I'll tell you more details later. But uh, I fell about four feet. A step broke out from under my foot. Didn't see it coming. And, uh, well, let's say three points of contact is a good thing, you know. But uh, I was able to slow myself down with my grip. And then, but I fell all the way down and my ribs stopped me on my left side. They're still, oh, yeah, I just touched them. They're sore. Um, Were you working yesterday? Yeah, I did work yesterday. This had nothing. None of this had anything to do with work, though. Nothing. Never, never on company time does this stuff happen, you know. Never, never, never. Um, But, yeah, I did work yesterday. I figured the weather's terrible this weekend. Oh, I mean, it, we had that nice week, and then it just just went downhill again. Winter won't go away, and it's just getting old, you know. I helped Dan move yesterday, and the it was snowing in the city. I mean, it was it was snow. It snowed like hell here too. It uh, I looked out, and I was like, "Oh, it's raining," you know. And I'm like, "Wait a sec, that's not rain. It was like sleet." Yeah, that's what I was thinking because I I wore shorts yesterday, like an idiot. And then uh, I get it. Then like about ten minutes later, it really started snowing. I'm like, "Whoa, man! It's it that, that was the latest snow like that I've ever seen in my life that I know of. I've never seen a snow on what was it? What was yesterday? Uh, April twenty second. False. Because remember the one time I at my last job, I made it all the way up to like just the border of Wisconsin, and I sent you a picture of all the crap I wiped off. Oh yeah. Show. Yeah. Why you think that was later than this? Yeah, that was like May like tenth or something. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never seen it this late. Um, but yeah, so the one guy called me a walking hazard, and uh, yeah, it's just one of those weeks. You know, you know? They, they they come in spurts. That well, it's like uh, the old timer I worked with in the city told me, uh, bad things happen in threes. <laughs> and I don't know if I told you the third bad thing that happened this week. I'm not going to say it on here, yeah. but I, uh, there was a there was another bad thing that happened. But I just can't I can't talk about it on. Yeah. Something like this, you know. Um, but yeah, so I, I should be cleared up with my my sets of three on bad things, you know. Yeah, I uh, haven't had anything like that happen recently. Oh man, when you're free falling and you just don't know when this is going to end, you know, and then bam! But luckily, my rib cage broke my fall. <laughs> did, did I ever tell you the story? This was at my last job, so I could talk about it. But did I ever tell you the story about when I was standing on an auger and I took the wrong pin out, pin out and the Kelly bar dropped? So now I'm standing on a free auger in the air. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I, I did this Superman, like, not Superman, but like Spider-Man, like, acrobatic thing, and I landed on my feet, and, you know, and I was like, <gasps> I had that, like, ready pose like a superhero would have. 
and then the auger hit the ground. And I mean, they're what are those things? Five, six hundred pounds with the uh, Kelly bar. With the Kelly bar, yeah, probably close to that. Four to I'd say four to five hundred. Would have chopped me up into pizza slices, man. Oh yeah, they call those a widowmaker when they break free. Yeah, you know. Um. Anyway, that's all I really have for the week. I didn't really cook anything to talk about. I was going to try and cover a bush like Billy's, but I didn't. Do you make anything you want to talk about to cover a bush like Billy or no? No, I've, I've been kind of running and gunning this week. So, um, good news is is uh, that Bud Light CEO, uh, that Bud Light CEO uh, is on a leave, leave of absence right now. I, the the marketer was the problem. Or marketer, that's right. You're yeah, right. There's like marketer. the chief like marketing. Person. On a leave of absence, so maybe I can get my lattes back in time for summer. We'll it was see. on a leave of we'll absence? See. They didn't get fired? No. No, you can't fire people for stuff like that these days. Yeah, I these mean, not the are... woke stuff, but I, but you lose a company billions of dollars, and it's a big deal. Yeah, from a little decision like that, you know. But so that was that was somewhat good news, you know. I'm trying to think, there was a, I thought there was a couple little things I was going to say in the meantime. Did I write anything down? I didn't write anything down. Other than, like, I got a couple of news articles I want to go over with you. That I did find uh, the one like so on my I'm sure a lot of people get this but on my phone Google sends me like updates for different news going on yeah you know so a couple of them like grabbed my eye so I actually like clicked on them I didn't really look for these they kind of came to me um, but from Fox Nine loons are falling from the sky in Wisconsin oh man have you heard this no. So, like, we're talking about this weather. Like, it snowed like hell yesterday. Oh, they're just kind of getting stunned. So, no. Um, it says, atmospheric conditions are causing ice to build up on loons, causing them to fall from the sky. So, they're, they're you know, they're like, oh, it's time to fly back. But they go there, and, like, winter hasn't given up yet. So, they're getting caught in, like, storms and, like, weighing down. And weighs too much with snow on their back, so they fall. Um, wow. Loons cannot take off from land. So they became stranded when they hit land. So they fall out of the sky and land in the middle of a cornfield. I they're, did not know that. They're, oh, I, I got some interesting facts that I never actually knew about loons. It makes sense, but I never actually knew about loons. Um, but they can't take off from land. So when they hit a farm field, they're stranded until they get to a long enough lake. Can they walk around? or No. So they also cannot walk on land. A loon cannot walk on land. And that, so they, that's what I was surprised at. I was like, have you guys ever seen like a loon standing there? I've always wondered that. How come I never see a loon on shore? No, you'll never see one just, never. just chilling there. They're always in the water. You know why they can't walk on land? Why? Their legs are way too far back. If you Google right now a picture of a loon on land, like it would be like uh, right in front of their tail is where their legs hook up. So they're you know, like a duck kind of is underneath and supports them? Yeah. A loon's all the way in the back. They're built for swimming. So they're super front heavy. Oh yeah, they just boop fall like a you know like a wheelbarrow without legs. Maybe they can't even stand because their legs don't even support weight. Um, no, I think. It, but if you just saw, like, it would be like you know, if you take a duck, you know, they they're on the real back seven eighths of the duck is where they you know they yeah. bolt in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where are they bolt? No, they're riveted. Um, so I was wondering because like they say they're on their way back from a migration. So I'm like, I wonder where they migrate. And all the ones in the Midwest actually migrate, uh, in the Gulf of Mexico and like down in Florida. And they, so they go down there for the winter and then come back, which I was wondering, cause I always thought of a loon as like a Northern bird. And the one time I was fishing a lake down in, uh, Charleston when we were in college and there was a loon there. I'm like, man, I've never seen a loon this far South. Well, that makes sense. Cause I was probably fishing that in like March, you know? So they were actually on the migration back. Well, I mean, if they can't stand on land, they can't stand on ice. Oh, yeah. right, right. So and, it makes and total sense. The one thing they were talking about, too, is like it, it, even if you put them in your pool, I guess they actually need, and I thought about loons taking off, but they actually need a runway. So you're like, if you're like, oh, well, they'll be able to take off from my pool. If your pool's not big enough, they still can't take off. 
they get to the end and fall out you know oh. yeah so that's the problem with that they got just loons just falling from the sky which that, that's kind of disappointing huh? it is because like when when i go up north that's like the soundtrack of the north for me and then uh next is uh it's kind of farmer's almanac related you pay attention to farmer's almanac don't you i do when i'm trying to see what winter is going to be but for the rest of the year not really oh okay I kind of get the bits and pieces you see on a Google search, you know. I kind of feel like the, the last few farmers' almanacs were like a horoscope. Like they're so broad, oh, that yeah. they're always true. Yeah, it's like, you know what I mean. Yeah, right. Uh, so anyway, this one I got it, it, specifically the title was Illinois, but really it's anything east of the Mississippi for the most part. But Illinois is set to have or is, is set to experience unprecedented weather this summer. So going back, I was talking about how La Nina ended and El Nino's taken over, and it's kind of like these winds, winds swirling and all that. Yeah. But they're saying come June. Oh, you know what? Let me start with this. Last summer was the third hottest in 128 years. In the, no way. In the Midwest. Third hottest in 128 years. It was a pretty warm summer. Yeah, but, but remember, it wasn't like backbreaking. I'll tell you what. I remember being outside, working outside every day in 2012, yeah. and I've never experienced heat like that in my life. So that had to be at least one or two. I've never. There's no way you can compare last summer to 2012. There's absolutely no way. No, I. It, the thing is, is it wasn't memorable like 2012 was. You know what I mean? Like it's not. Like if that was the third hottest, maybe it just wasn't here. Uh, so the farmer's almanac. I looked this up. Farmer's almanac is typically about 52 percent correct of the time. So you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, you put two options out there. They pick one. They're right one out of two times. You yeah, know? and a professional beanbag player you know, has a better percentage than that of making it in the hole. Um, but they're predicting and, uh, you know what? I should probably, yeah, you know what? Let me say, okay. So the farmer's almanac is predicting that June is going to start off very, very stormy, but towards the end of it, it's going to heat up huge. And they're saying July 4th is supposed to be very hot. They're saying July 4th, that whole weekend is going to be hotter than hell. And then mid August comes and it's supposed to be even hotter than July 4th. They're saying that, uh, heat indexes are going to be 110 and, Stuff like that. It's going to be uh, uh, pretty crazy weather. So then I, I, so I took the farmer's almanac thing, and then I looked up uh, Noah. You know, and I was like, I wonder what Noah says about it. They came up with about the same thing for long term, long distance uh, uh, weather predictions. They came up with about the same thing. They're like, yeah, it's going to June's going to be stormy, and then it's going to get hot and dry for the rest of the time. You know. Wow. Um. Anything to say? Oh, anything else? No. No, it, it's that that's depressing actually because when you get a real hot, I don't know when you get a real hot end of summer, it kind of keeps you inside like it would in winter. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, everyone comes out, you know, like you know, for instance, I had that week off and everybody was out in their gardens digging something or yeah. mowing the grass or whatever. And then May, kind of like Mother's Day, and you know, they're all kind of doing the same thing. But you're right, come like June fifteenth. People start like, well, we did the nice weather thing. Let's go back to our Netflix shows. You so know? I, I was training a guy that wasn't originally from uh, Chicagoland. He was originally from Arizona, but he had lived here for like three, four years. And he says, man, because I was training him right like around March. He says, dude, I've never seen people come alive like Chicagoans doing like early spring. You know, when you get that first warm and it, spurt. And it's, it's so true. It's so true. Like, uh, for instance, uh, like a couple times I had to go, and not because I was doing landscaping necessarily, but a couple times I had to go to Menards for the staircase I was building, you know. What did you think of that, by the way? Oh, beautiful. You like the staircase? Yeah. I wanted to say it on the podcast, that's all. Um, but yeah, so the staircase turned out good. But I was going there for materials for that different, you know, I needed liquid nails and things, you know. But I was going there. 
But on those nice days, you get there and the place is mobbed. Yeah. There's all your cul-de-sac Karens walking around, you know? <laughs> so is that a different uh, division of Karenhood? No, I mean, it, it, they're still like really Karen, but they're the ones that moved in the cul-de-sac that are like real finicky about their neighborhoods and like the kids and are very controlling, usually over to husbands. They give and, you very uh, strict advice about flowers. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. just, you know, they they have to be in charge. They're like narcissists, you know, but those are the cul-de-sac Karens. But they're, they're, Menards and Home Depot, they were loaded with them. The little pushing or shopping carts everywhere and they're looking at things and they're, they're buying all the time, you know, and the old man's off at work and she's spending all the money at home. Just that whole situation, you know? Yeah, but uh, the places were mobbed that week, and I'm like, "Where were you guys last week?" I was in here last week, and I had the place to myself. But it was just that nice weather brought everybody out. Everybody's doing something. You when know? you're when you're working nights and you go into these places, do you ever think to yourself, like, "What do these people do day to day?" Yes, all the time. Like, why aren't you at work? Like, I went to Men's Warehouse uh, yesterday, uh, Friday, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna probably get a shirt. And I'm gonna, you know, I got to get sized up for a wedding and uh, Dan's wedding." But uh, I go in there. There's a million people in there. This is going to take me over an hour and a half to even get talked to. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you people do? Yeah. And it's like, if I had a real job, I would, uh, I would be like at work, like the rest of the population. Yeah. I wouldn't be here. Like, did all of you guys take a day off or you just get out of the office because no. you're working from home? Or no, like, I think what most the- of the people are just working from home these days and they can squeeze out for an hour, you know, and then come back and make it up or they whatever. They happen to squeeze out right at the same hour that I do. I, I, but it, that was, that's how it was that whole week I was off. Every time I had to go pick something up from a store, the place was mobbed. Yeah. You can expect that Saturday, Sunday, but not like Tuesday morning. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking I got a week off because I had a baby. That's the only reason why I'm here right now. Yeah. You know, like, what are you people doing? You know? I wonder that all the time. Every time I drive through a small town out in the middle of nowhere, I always wonder what do people do for work around here. It's the first thing that pops up. It's like, I would love to live here. I just don't know what I would do for money. I have no idea what I would do for money. The only thing I can think of is locally to us is everyone's driving. So everybody has something to do with the city for the most part. If not other towns and other bigger towns nearby. You know, like when but you know, like you might have something to do with Kankakee, but you live out in Bonfield, you yeah. know. But like everybody has something to do. But like uh the one time I worked in Oklahoma. And like you'd be driving it. There's nothing in Oklahoma. And uh but there would be a house. And you're like, what's that guy do? Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And it's like I I've drove for two hours. I haven't driven through a town yet. You know? I I see those houses that are like in the middle of cornfields and I'm thinking to myself, like on a slightly windy day, you don't even want to go outside. There's nothing to stop the wind. What's gonna stop the wind? I wonder about that in the wintertime. You know, these uh, Yeah, though yeah, they're gonna suck the heat right out of your house. Yeah, when it's you know, it's gonna be, you know, twenty below zero wind chills and you you look at this like sided house, no trees around, and you know, the next thing that breaks it, the wind is Missouri, you know. And you're like, Man, it's gotta be cold in that house. At least at least getting and then most of the old houses are drafty with the old windows and stuff, you do, know. Do you remember on our way to Atchison, Kansas? I know you've been there. There were houses that were like where the roof was dang near on the ground. No. Is that where, is that where old boss's parents lived or yeah. something? Yeah, okay. Yeah. But I remember seeing a bunch of houses that were like the roof was on the ground. And I'm like, what the heck is that? He said, well, it's, you know, it's like a basement house. And I'm like, really? You know? Oh, I do remember. I thought you meant like something that got blown over in a storm. No, no. Like this is their house. I do remember that. Yeah. Where like if, if you were mowing the lawn, like got to watch out for the roof. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Like that low. Uh, I love Kansas, man. That stretch yeah. of Kansas we were in was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. I love Kansas. It, it really was. Like everyone always talks about how flat it is, and it's like not the stretch I hung out in. Yeah, it was very know? hilly. Uh, they had that one cool bar that was like 80 feet underground. I mean, that was Missouri, but it was right there, right on the border. Yeah, you know? all that stuff's closed. They kind of all go back and forth down but, there. But it's kind of like... What was the name of that bar? 
uh, Murphy's. Murphy's. It's, it's kind of like it's kind of like Kansas and Missouri's like driftless driftless area. It kinda, is, you know. It is. I think that was all because of the uh, Missouri River right yeah. there. Um, or not the was it the Missouri? What river runs through there by St. Joe and down through? Oh dang! No, it's got to be the Missouri. It's got to be the Missouri River. Yeah, you know, which is the second largest river in the country. Remember, by a mile or something, we yeah. did that. Um, but anyway, that one bar that was a cool bar because it was an old uh, speakeasy type, like uh, prohibition era thing that they dug eighty feet in the ground. You had to go upstairs to pee. They didn't have pumps to uh, pump all that out. You know, there was also rumor that that was like a hiding place for the underground railroad. Oh, I could see that. I, I, yeah. you, who knows what that was? It, and it could have been over the years. If they dug it 200 years ago, there might have been 10 uses between now and then. And apparently know? what you saw was only like like a little bit of it. At the time, I heard that they still were uncovering tunnels they didn't know about. Yeah. They'd see like a little bit of light or something to it. And be like, hey, there's another one. Dark. You know? Um, oh, good. But anyway, back to the we, – we went way off there. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about the weather. Um, but so – with El Nino taking over, that's what they're kind of. This is kind of like a stirred up weather pattern. So that's why we might get the stormies until it's like settled, until it's actually the, the you know just the way it is. Right now, like La Nina's moving out, El Nino's moving in. So you got cold moving out, warm moving in, just because cause some swirling storms. You know, we'll see. We'll it goes see. Back and forth, back and forth. Did you get a weather outlook for this upcoming week? This upcoming week for us is uh, by the time you heard this podcast, it was probably all in the fifties and sixties, and then. You know, by end of May, it's gonna start, we might start seeing a seventy degree day again. And you, you, you know, had the you had the perfect week off, man. I chose, man. Did I? He has like threading a needle from far away. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was supposed to work days this upcoming Thursday and Friday, and I can't even get that now. So no, no. Why is that? Uh, training got canceled. Oh, that's right. That's right. So. I'm on days this week. Next two weeks, Mondays. Um. So anyway. Another news article I have before we get in the real discussion topic is there was a black bear sighting in Indiana, Santa Claus, Indiana. Yeah, I remember we actually talked about this a lot before. Uh, well, it turns out that picture of they were at what's it called, Holiday Land or something down there. I've never been there, so uh, oh, Holiday World. So there was a black bear sighting at Holiday World. It's a hoax. The picture that they that was taken of that was actually taken in Oregon by a bear by a person. This employee posted it saying, "Hey, look, we got a new uh, member to the park, or welcome our new friend to the park, or something." And they're all like going nuts about it. Oh, look at that! It got a bunch of publicity. And DNR came out and said, "Nah, we located that bear. He's in Oregon." Oh, they fired the guy. The park's like, "Nah, screw you, <laughs> get out." He was trying to just create buzz, but kind of went the wrong way, huh? Yeah, definitely. People shouldn't be people shouldn't be scared of black bears, in my opinion. No, but it, it's just funny that everyone was so excited to see a black bear in this part of Indiana, and then they're like, "Nah, it was a hoax." <laughs> but remember, we had a bunch of articles where bears were coming down from um, like the southern peninsula, like of Michigan. I thought I thought they were coming from Kentucky or something. I thought they were coming up from. Well, I th- maybe it was both. Maybe it was like you get them on the southern from Kentucky, you get them on the northern from uh, Michigan. Okay. I don't remember the Michigan part. I thought there was something about Kentucky and all that, like the Smoky Mountains kind of like migrating. Okay, from maybe the... I, maybe I can have my wires crossed. But then like people were like freaking out about that. I know like... in Michigan we talked. Remember they were finding cougars, and we had one in Illinois, and they're all males because they're looking for females. Yeah, I remember that? They'll go anywhere. Know? Yeah. Um. Anyway, so you want to hear the part, and uh, we're moving along quick here. But do you want to hear the thing that really makes me mad? That's going to make you mad, please. 
Remember that live scope thing I told you 12 states is uh, looking yeah. to ban it? That was an April Fool's joke. I found out this morning. Oh, you son of a... That was an April Fool's joke. So I wanted to... I was like, okay, so it's been a little bit. I was like, I was kind of like reaching back to that one to talk about on this. I'm like, I wonder where that's at. And then I... So I Googled it. Live scope ban. And then it came up with those forums, one of those forums. And I go in there and I'm reading. And I was like, what do you guys think of this? And I'm like, well, they better refund people for their live scope and yada, yada. And somebody put it at the bottom. Guys, this is an April Fool's joke. And I'm like, wait a second. Wait a second. So I went back to Wired to Fish, and I looked it up, and it was posted on April 1st. I did not read it on April 1st, so, like, my guard was down for April Fool's jokes, you know? Mm. And uh, so anyway, I'm like, whoa, wait a sec. So then I went and I Googled, is this LiveScope ban an April Fool's joke? And Wired to Fish came out and said, I hope you guys liked our April Fool's joke. LiveScope's not going anywhere. And I'm like, son of a... I can't believe I fell for that. But then again, like, I was on guard for April Fool's. Everything I saw posted, I figured this is a joke, you know? But, so it makes you wonder, is this industry too big? So this is, uh, let's go into the next news article with that. Okay. So okay. I'm tying this into the next one. This is like our main discussion topic we're talking about here. This was specifically in Missouri, but they say this trends nationwide. Okay. Newsleader.com. Hunting slash fishing license licenses sales are in a slow decline. So uh, there are 4,000 less licenses sold over the last five years. A small bump in 2021. There was a small bump in everything in 2021. I was going to ask, is this something that's, are they relating this to the bump up in 2020, 2021? So 2021 had 30,000 more licenses than this year. 30,000 more. But now we're back to the five-year average. We're 4,000 lower. Hmm. So right now there are 654,500 active licenses in the state of Missouri. And uh, how many do you think there were in 2011? 12 years ago. So you said 654? 654 this year. So I'm going to say 1.1 million. 1 million. There was 1 million licenses in Missouri in 2011. That was 12 years ago. I remember 2011, like it wasn't last week and it was a weekend before. That's how like easily remembered it is for me. I mean, I can tell you what it is. What's that? Generations are moving out that did fish. Generations are moving in that don't. Well, I wanted to talk about it a little more in depth because I had some ideas too. Is that your only idea for that? Is that your only um, thought behind it? I think technology is my other thought behind it, but well, for all right. So in 2011, there were one million, blah blah blah. So, but it's on a major decline, and uh, you know, it's like it's not like it's not like one day somebody made a decision and nobody fishes anymore. It's like they're just watching this trend, and it's down, and it's down, and it's down. They say you can take these, these like this ratio and go any state in the nation, or you could just take the nation as a whole, and it's about it falls in line with this in Missouri. So what I wanted to talk about today was why why are there less hunting and fishing licenses when we have more accessibility to information technology equipment that there's more you got amazon prime you got it, it's easier to fish now than it ever was and there's less people doing it why so go ahead give me a give me a give me a thing give me so so i always think back to the time that i went to turkey run state park and we were i'll tie this in i promise but um we were walking around, and you see a lot of people hiking, but you didn't see as many people hiking as you did stopped. Now, explain that one. As you did stopped? Yeah. A lot of people just stopped. Stopped where? What do you mean? On the side of the trail. There was like, so they were hiking. They just stopped. Yeah, but they didn't go very far. But they were hiking. No, but they were out there getting it for the gram. 
So my oh, my thing, you mean like recent? I thought you were talking about when we were kids because when we were kids, oh, Turkey no, when Run we were was kids. It was mobbed and everybody was moving. It was mobbed. You never had a trail to yourself. You're always waving at somebody. Somebody's passing you. You're passing somebody always, all day. But now you go there, especially in the fall, and there's a dude that's over there. He's he's like dropping leaves on his girlfriend's head or whatever, and they're taking pictures for the you know for Instagram and shit. It, sorry, and uh, that is what the world has become. It is a slightly more fake version that it was originally. So you see people, they, they get all geared up, they get all, and then they go out there and they're like, you know what, I don't really like this. Well, so I was going to say social media has a, has a role in taking this down a notch. But, uh, sorry, I was just moving that thing out of the way. Um, but for more reasons than just that, but you're right. Uh, there's so many people, if they said, hey, you, had it, you, you can go fishing today, and, but you cannot post it. Nobody can know about this except for you. And maybe a couple of buddies on Snapchat. They wouldn't go. That is like the best scenario I could think of. Yeah, that was or you that you had hit the nail on the head there. I'm gonna move mine too. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna see how life was. Oh, it was great. It's great. Yeah, these things. That we, so what me and Pat were just playing with was these pop filters we put in front of the microphone. But it's like I kind of want to try this because our microphones. I'm trying to explain to Pat. You got to be close to them. Because, so that's uh, the reason why my face is always getting away from the mic is because I can't see. I like looking at you when I'm talking to you. These mics have a built-in pop filter. Okay. So anyway, let's, let's get back to the topic. So down with the pop filters. Got it. So social media, the one thing I cannot stand, and we've talked about this a bunch of times, the one thing with like musky fishing specifically is people like down each other so much on social media. So you do post a picture of this 40-inch muskie, and you're real proud. You just casted three, four days worth of 12 hours worth of, you know, 12 hours a day worth of casts, and finally land this, and then you're smiling. It was like, oh, that's a little fish. They're in a 50, you know, and it's like they just downplay all this fish. So um, if I caught a 35 right now, I would be ecstatic like you, I got a world You record. should be proud of anything you succeed at. Yeah. And, but I just, I watched that today's angler on YouTube sometimes. They're like, oh, look at this little 45. Oh, he's so cute. And they just flip him back in the water. I'm like, dude, there's people that have been fishing for years trying to catch that. You get to live here. You get to do this every day. So you're just bored. You're bored. That's why that doesn't entertain you. But to your average weekender like us, uh, that's a good fish. Be proud of that stuff. You know, but the one thing about social media is, uh, you, uh, I think people get very disappointed because like, if I scroll right now, I could open up my Instagram and start scrolling. And everything's a 50-inch muskie, a 48-inch muskie in the dream destination. And so you're like, I'm going to get in a fish. And this looks awesome. This looks awesome. You go out and you don't catch anything. And so, but you just scroll through all these people that caught all this stuff. But they don't show you is the five days worth of work that went into this, the $10,000 it cost them to get there. And it's the age of instant results. Yeah, right, right. So there, but I think what it is, social media is killing it. People get so amped to do it. They go out there, they try it, and then they're like... Yeah, this wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to be landing huge fish all day. You so know? You, and that's the thing is like uh, the gear acquisition stage. People get through that stage and then they go, they get out there on the water. They're like, well, I can't get out there unless I have this live scope. And then they get out there and they're like, you know what? I don't really like this. Um, you know? Well, that's the thing is you get out there and it's like, oh, it started raining. The wind picked up. And like, trust me, we all have perfect weather conditions that we like. But uh what, the biggest thing is I look at what's going to catch the fish, and it's like, okay, so if you told me the sideways wind and snow is the only weather you can catch muskie in, that's what I'd be out there in, you know? Uh, but, like, I actually kind of like cloudy, rainy days that are kind of still. and I like know. them when they're more still. When you add wind into the mix, like like crazy wind, yeah, that's not ever fun. But I think social media has played a role in, uh, has, it, it, in disappointing people. 
you know? Like, for instance, if you if you post, if you went on Instagram and you posted a spike buck, you're like, look at my spike buck. You'd have people hating you. Let them grow. Let them grow. And, uh, you know, if you shot a doe, oh, I'm only into big bucks. And they'll shame you for the success that you've had. Even though what they don't realize is that spike or that forky that you shot is a normal deer around here to shoot. We don't live on private land. We don't have, a, you know, a couple million dollars in yeah, property. Yeah, the guy behind you would have taken him. Yeah. Yeah, if you let him go, he would walk by to the next tree stand and get shot. The other thing, too, I have no regrets on that because I am enjoying that Absolutely meat not. so much. I am enjoying that meat so much. And I feel like most deer hunters are out there for antlers, and they don't enjoy the meat as much as I do. And I really, really enjoy that Yeah, meat. I'm out there for the meat. That's, that's the only thing that that's about. By um, the way, next time we podcast, you got to remind me to bring you a backstrap. I've got like five of them left. No, save it because uh, when Benny starts eating real food, I want his first taste of meat to be uh, a deer. Gotcha. So we'll bring we'll do it then. Um, but anyway, this social media thing I think really killed it for people. Um, but you were you were going into uh, the gear acquisition stage, you know, and then you started bringing up live scope. Uh, I want to go back and hammer out this live scope thing again. Um, so this kind of this kind of falls into. I don't know if you want to say technology is killing it or what, but back in the day, we used to just have the little depth finder that looked like a little goldfish swimming across the screen. They were all facing the same way, and all you had was a depth finder, not even GPS. We caught more fish in those days, okay? So now, in order to catch a fish, you got to go out, well, you got to buy a boat. Those are 100 grand now. You got to buy a GPS and, you know, oh, you, not just one GPS. We need, you need 15 in your boat in order for this to be a real boat. Oh, you want the five inch screen? No, if they're not the 12 inch screen, just stay home. So now, now you got another 15 grand wrapped up in electronics. And then you go out there and you catch less fish than we caught 20 years ago, 25 years ago with none of that stuff. And you, and you do that all to catch less fish. It's one of those things like I've, I've always wondered. I, I think sometimes the pursuit is just as valuable as the, as succeeding. You know oh, what I mean? I, I, yeah, because I most of the time I just like being out there. I like being in my boat. I like going for a ride. And you so, know. if you take a good chunk of the pursuit part away from it, and you make the pursuit easier, and then you still get less results, like I'm, I'm sure that's maddening to people. You know, I didn't realize. I it's not like I took a break, but there was a long time where I didn't research GPSs because I had one. Yeah, you know right. what I mean. Yeah, and, no, I'm the same way. Once I have it, I'm, I haven't. I don't even know if I mean hummingbird could have changed theirs. They might not even be on the helix anymore. I don't know. So, so then you you hop back in and you see all this stuff. And I saw this transducer that was like eight inches long. There's my live scope one. What the heck is that for? Of course, it's for live scope. Now they have side scan. They've got all this. Oh, stuff. they've had side scan. Side scan's at least ten year old technology. So know? my whole thing is, I'm I'm really kind of mad about how. The technology aspect of this is so big now. It's so expensive. But here's such a huge market that it's never going to get. No, banned. it's never going to go down because they sell it to you that you need it. And then after you have it and everybody else has it, populations of all this fish go down. And you now need it to find the low populations of fish you're going after. Yeah. And so it's like this It's this circle that'll never stop. So like that's why when that band came up, I'm like, good, we're going to bring this back a little prehistoric, but we just keep going modernizing, modernizing. Eventually, there's going to be a, a set of glasses that just makes the water completely transparent and it looks like the fish are floating on air. You know. So would you say populations are your biggest gripe for like all this live scan stuff? Yeah, populations for sure. Uh, I would say my second biggest gripe, I'm in the same boat with you, huh, no pun intended, but um, I 
I think the thing that makes me the most mad about this is that people are out there and they're staring at screens. They're not they're not scanning the lake. They're not saying, hey, this would be a good spot. That would be a good spot. They're just looking at a map. They're they're playing a video game in real life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's that, like, I'm not out there to do that. I'm but, out there to but, enjoy myself. Like the whole thing with the live scope, though, is they're like, oh, you need this to find the fish. Well, before we had this, the fish were there. We didn't need to find them. Like they were, you'd go to the spots that you'd suspect would work, and they worked. And now it's like, oh man, I tried all my spots. Let's get on the live scope. And before I even throw a cast, I'll see if there's fish there. And then you go and you pull in 15 crappie, you know, and you're like, okay, those are all gone. And it's like now you move and you don't. But like, there's I watch so many ice fishing videos, but these guys don't even uh, drill like a full hole until the live scope shows that there it's worth fishing there. So, but that used to be in the day we would drill the hole and you spend two, three hours there and not catch anything. Move, spend two, three hours there. Now, now you get to get to that spot in the first hour. So you're just slaying more fish, you know. But um, yeah. So I think with technology, we, we, you need technology to find the fish that was killed by the technology, you know. And it's just like this is so you need better tech to find more fish. To and it's just a circle that does not go away. You know, that's the cool thing about like musky fishing and northern fishing is they move so much, they'll never find a school of them and just be able to set up on them. You know what I mean? So bringing us back to the why does this have anything to do with licenses is because you have to be very skilled with electronics. I was reading a thing on LiveScope, and they say most uh, most uh, operators of it now that have it, they say you need about 40 to 50 hours of use to even know what to do with this thing. So you you spend the money, and you go out there, and you still don't catch anything, and everyone – so you do this for an entire summer. You're like, man, I didn't catch a thing out there this summer. I'm selling all my stuff, and you move on to the next hobby. you know. So you had a fisherman for a year, and now they're gone. And that's after a huge startup cost. Back in our day, you know, if you're a millennial, fishing started with a Zebco, a red and white bobber. The local bait shop sold you a tub of worms, and you just went out and caught fish. Like, there was no, you know, now, oh, no, no, no. You need an 18-foot boat with a 200 and something. You need to go 80 miles an hour across the water with your live scope and all this nonsense. It's kind of funny. I, I, when I first, when I got my first GPS unit, you know, we used a super old school uh, dad's depth finder. Remember that? Yeah, it was a hummingbird. Yeah. And it, it was. Um, he still has a little ranch green box. Oh, is that the is that the one? That old. No, he had a. He's. It, you know, these things are really outdated, but it was an old flasher unit. Oh, gotcha. It's in a metal box that flips up and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but this one that I'm talking about, it, you know, it took like four D batteries, you know, it was huge Yeah, and it lasted like four hours. <laughs> and it, w- once you got above like five miles an hour, it would just stop working. So you'd have to, you know, when we're going through, you'd have to stop all the time. No GPS. And I remember dad saying, Oh, this thing's got a fish finder thing. You see that little hump down there. That's a fish. And you're thinking, wow. You know, and then I was going and, back. But to- he was and most of the time he was right. Yeah. You know? But, but now I go back and I was setting up my GPS. This was years ago, my my old one, and it had the fish finding thing on there. And this thing was constantly beeping, and I'm like, "What is that?" You know, and it's the fish finder thing. I turned it off. I don't need that. That's not how I'm doing this. You know, well, I don't want to know what if a fish is directly underneath my transducer. Well, I don't mind you knowing. Know? I don't mind knowing because like that is a picture of something that happened. It's kind of yeah. like that that theory in quantum mechanics. If you know where something is. You don't know how fast it's going. If you know how fast it's going, you don't know where it is. And so if you got a picture, oh, there's a fish under the boat, and you're like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to fish for that fish, you might have got a picture of him swimming away. Yeah. You know? So there was one interesting story. I don't know. 
I don't know if you remember this, but it made national news. This girl went missing at a campsite in California. And, uh, you mean with the boyfriend? Like they were looking, and then there was a major manhunt for the boyfriend after that. That one? No, no. This was uh, that that was over a year ago. That yeah. was that uh, Gabby one. But yeah, no, okay. This one, I forget her name, but she went missing from a, a popular campsite in California, and uh, they were looking, looking, looking. Didn't see nothing. Well, two guys, they were part of like some adventure team or something like that. But they used live scope and they found her car. Oh, in water. In water. Oh, okay. So that's one good thing about. You know, this type of electronics, but it's like if you could get a perfect picture of a car, like you're probably getting perfect pictures of structure. I and- just noticed, I just noticed uh, ever since LiveScope became like a norm, I would say about probably half the boats out there have it now. And it's a major investment, but ever since that took off, uh, everyone's complaining, man, this lake's fished out. This lake's fished out, you know? So either they need to do a few years of you can't keep any fish. Or they need they there needs to be limitations. I still say a tax stamp on every one of them. I still say that's twenty bucks a year to have it or whatever, and that goes towards uh, stocking fish because I think it, I think we're gonna kill them faster than they can replace themselves. I really believe that. I believe by the year I don't know. Let's see, it's twenty twenty three. Say by twenty forty, like it, most of the th- fish we're gonna be fishing for are gonna be stocked fish. I truly believe that because I, I just watched the fishing go to just go to hell over the last. 20 years it's just gone down once once gps came out that killed it and then now this thing where you just get to you get to hey let's check this spot out and you pull up to this excellent spot you put the live scope in there and you're like no nah, there's no fish here pick the motor up 80 miles an hour across dropping another spot nothing and then you oh okay hey i found a bunch of crappie or walleye or whatever bang 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 you pull them out you're done i will say just so i don't sound like a hypocrite i do love the gps mapping I like it. Yeah, like you said, for a safety thing. So. It's, it's a safety thing. The other thing too, you're not you're not idling over spots, just trying to find out what the depth is. You know, if you didn't have a map, and uh, you can kind of map stuff out in your brain. It's kind of funny. We mapped out a good portion of the lake that we fish a lot, just with no mapping. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just remember stuff, and uh, I miss that method. I I kind of like the more natural feel of trying to find out what's out there. You know, but so just to tie this in and move on, uh, tying that in, I think I think because the evolution of fishermen has moved into this, so we know it. You know, we we know the difference. But if you were to just get into this and then see what what's going on, you'd be like, I'm not. I've got something else to do. Yeah. You know. But anyway, the next thing I want to bring into is the loss of baby boomers. So baby boomers, like our parents, are dead set in the middle, and they're almost seventy. So the older ones are like dying, or they're just done with fishing or whatever. But I think the loss of baby boomers. I remember as a kid, you go into a bait shop or you run into somebody on the lake or whatever. They were all mom and dad's age or older. There wasn't a whole lot of like people that were 20 years younger than them doing it. Yeah, it's kind of like priests. Nobody our age group was like, you know, what? I want to open up a bait shop. Yeah. So I think I think a lot of it is that the baby boomers are coming to the end. And I think that was the majority of people that were fishing 20 years ago. You know, 20 years ago, they were 50. This year, they're 70. And they might just be like, ah. I did all that. I'm, t- I'm kind of tired of going out there with a tackle box and doing all the work. And, and you there's know, less people to introduce uh, their kids or whoever. Yeah, there's less ki- less less people have less kids now. You know, yeah. baby boomers all came from families of, you know, six, 12, you know, stuff like that. And then so now there's less families with less kids. Uh, the other thing, too, is like, for instance, if you were like around us, it's very difficult to be a live bait fisherman. Where do you get bait around here? You know, there's a handful of spots, you know. Actually, and, I think at the gas station right by your house, you can get live bait. You get worms. You get night crawlers. Yeah, but I mean, if minnows. you want if you want leeches and minnows, you're screwed. You know, 
Um, I know of a couple spots, but you're driving, you know, luckily fishy Phil, he's got one of the best ones around, you know, you go out of, outside his neighborhood and turn like right and left. And there's like one of the best ones in the South side, you know, um, they're too expensive to keep. And then they don't sell for much. Well, just nobody makes anything. I remember uh, back in the day, the one we hung out at, the guy was like, yeah, they, they go to Walmart and buy their uh, bait casters and they come ask me to learn how to use them. And it's like, well, buy it for me and I'll teach you, you know, but like I need the money more than Walmart does. Yeah. So, but anyway, that was kind of the whole thing. Bass Pro opened and all of a sudden uh, there's no more bait shops. And it's like, well, why would there be? The only thing I need from them is live bait. Bass Pro's got everything else, Yeah. you know? But I really think the loss of baby boomers, and it, it was the biggest generation to ever exist uh, in this country, and they're all old, and they're all going, you know? So I think the loss of baby boomers has something to do with it. Thoughts? No, I, I 100% think that. It's like every time you, if you did go into a bait shop, like up in northern Wisconsin, like that the person who owns the place, not maybe not running it, but the person who owns it, uh, got to be super old. You know, well, I, I, when was the last time you walked in? I remember the one tobacco shop we used to get our bait from. Um, that guy was somewhat younger, but I bet you still within 10 years of our parents' age. I bet you he was 10 years younger than mom and dad. That no, I, I actually bet you he was within five or six years, mom and dad. Okay, so still that puts that guy in the mid 60s if he was doing it right now. Yeah, he might, he's looking at the end. I don't want to be doing this stuff, you know. I mean, that closed up a while ago, but let's say it was successful, right? Up until this point, so yeah, I, I he'd do be looking like, yeah, how much money do I actually make off of this? Five, six bucks a week. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I went and bought, uh, when I went to Shabana, I stopped at that little bait shop on the way there, and I bought a couple dozen minnows from the guy. It cost me like eight bucks, you know? And I'm thinking just to keep the lights on this place for today is going to cost eight bucks, you know? But, uh, and he didn't even have anything else to really sell, you know? Think about what would happen today if a kid walked into a tobacco shop. I know, right? We walked in there and we were buying fireworks and, you know, pops and bait. And hey, you we were, go over there and get the green ones. The green ones are real good. Yeah. Yeah. And we jump back on our on our uh, our bikes and go down to the canal for the day. And that's just the way it was. I mean, nobody yeah. thought anything of it, you know? Yeah. It makes it sound super old. You know what I mean? And, but it wasn't. It's like not. We grew up in the 50s. It's not. That's just what happened with modern America, you yeah. know? Social media is the, definitely the downfall of this country. I truly I'm, believe that. I'm just going to try as hard as I can to keep my kids off a phone or a tablet or whatever. Um, the other, so let me move on to my next topic. So that was loss of baby boomers. Um, the new one is, or the the next one is new modern hobbies. So there are more hobbies you can get into. You can click to Amazon Prime and your new hobby shows up in two days or less, and you have a new hobby. So, like, there's just all kinds of different, like, games and things that people are into, and there's technology. So, you're an artist, or you can go on a computer, and you can, you know, there's all different kinds of programs online for being an artist, or just, uh, you know, archery is more, is easier now than it ever was. You can, you know, you don't even have to leave your house, and you have an entire setup delivered here. You know, today's Sunday, it would be here by Tuesday night. I'd have an entire new lifestyle here delivered. So, that's one interesting thing that I was just thinking of. Uh, Just, if you could try and get in my head here. Um, like when I go to the range now, I always think that I'm the newbie, right? And I'm the guy that doesn't know how to do much, like compared to, you know, people it, it, who go to the range all the time. Right, right. But we never, go there. just so you know, we, I never renewed. I don't know if you did. Oh no, you, you still can. Okay. But just so you know, that's on the, I kind of yeah. forgot about it. I've, I've been gone every Saturday that, that, that we've had to do that. So, okay. Uh, I, I got to probably make a special phone call and be like, hey, I've been out of town every weekend. You yeah, know? well, I've been working. So. I'm not going to give up my turkey hunt to go buy a license. I'm just not. Yeah. You know what I mean? But anyway, um, you go to the range, not not even the shooting range, like the, or the archery range, like a shooting range, and there's always somebody there setting up something that they've never shot. There always is. Yeah. 
So that means that there's a crap load of first timers. Oh yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? We, All a the couple time. years ago we were one of them, you know. Um, and uh it but there's nobody there like, hey, I'm just like shooting this new ammo, you know, I've been shooting this gun for years, but it's it's all it's all like market driven where you have to buy so many things and then you get all pumped up to try it out and nobody ever really just like gets something and just shoots it for five years. You know what I mean? I, I just think about like that one little game that they came up with and then like now there's leagues and stuff, but it, I forget what it's even called, but you take the ball and you bounce it in the net and you, like it bounces up. You throw it down, it bounces in the net and it goes, it's almost like reverse volleyball. You know? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Hey, take your phone off the table. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, even me. But like just those, uh, those little games like that, you know, uh, people got involved in that and it took them away from fishing. But I just think of all the little hobbies that are out there that have started because of, well, one, the pandemic and two, just the ease of getting it before you used to need to go to a craft shop. Remember we used to have patch toys and hobbies or whatever it was called up on 95th street. Yeah. And so you'd go in there and you buy a model airplane or whatever that closed in. As soon as Amazon took off, gone. Yeah. Right click delete on the hobby shops around here. Those are gone. But so you could just be sitting there and you could see somebody on the TV doing a hobby. And you're like, hmm, I wonder if that's interesting. Let me check Amazon. Hey, there's a kit for 40 bucks. Okay, uh, click primed here. Now yeah. you got a new hobby. Yeah, um, the kit's like, go, go fun now. You know, $40 Amazon, you know, China made thing. But, uh, but before, it's like, yeah, I'm kind of bored. Hey, you know what? Let's go grab some of these old fishing poles we had in there and go fishing. You know, get a thing of worms. And, you know, nobody was, you know, might not have been good at it, but it was something for do. But you needed a license to do it. I honestly think people would rather sit there and watch YouTube. I think so, too. Like, they've got the thing in front of them. They don't know how to use it. So they pull up YouTube. And then all of a sudden, they're more into watching YouTube than they are actually doing the thing. You know what I mean? Well, it's just like Evan. I watch Evan and like, uh, he's like, Hey, let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. But then the sun eats him up, you know? And it's like, he gets out in this direct sunlight and it kind of, you know, you can tell it kind of makes him cranky a little bit sometimes. And, but I think people are like, yeah, outside. And then he get out there and like, it's hot. I'm thirsty. I just want to go home and we'll just go watch fishing on YouTube. You know? Um, I kind of like when I'm out there baking in the sun. It, you get you get over it. You still, you put on a hat. You do some other stuff. But. I got into those fishing shirts when I started conceal and carry, yeah. and uh, I wear them all the time. So you don't have to fry. You really don't fry. When, you're not any hotter wearing a long sleeve shirt when you got the right ones on. You're not any hotter than somebody in a t shirt. In fact, I'm gonna say you're probably in better shape because you're not you know torched by the sun. Yeah. But yeah, I think new availability or availability to new hobbies and so many different hobbies and everyone's coming up with something. I think that is also a reason why it just you know. X amount of people want a hobby, this percentage takes fishing, and the other percent, you know, then you share with every other hobby out there, you know? Yeah, it, it's one of those things, too. It's a lot harder for people to leave their houses now than it's ever been. Um, the other thing, too, I find when you see an uptick, when you see an uptick in something, uh, I think certain things are trendy. Like, for instance, right now, I think uh, musky on the fly is trendy. I think this trend will die. I think your hardcore ones that have been doing it forever, because there have been people that have been doing it for years, I think it, it, it'll, uh, you know, those people will stay. But right now it's kind of trendy. I think you get a bunch of people like, yeah, I'm a musky fly fisherman. They have that I think, perfect identity. Wow. You're you know? so unique. And so then they go and they, like, you, you know, they gear up and then they go out there and like, wow, musky fishing sucks. It's hard. I'm going to go back to it. And it's like the same people, the same guys that are like the hipster coffee shop type. They got into fly fishing for whatever reason, you know, man buns and, you know, things like that. And uh, they'll go out there, they're going to spend a few 12-hour days not catching a thing. And they're going to be like, all right, back to the coffee shop, guys, you know. So I think I think, I think think some of this trendy stuff is uh, – because fly, fly fishermen are the worst with having it as an identity. 
say, I won't use live bait. I'm a fly fisherman, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I met a guy like that on Isle Royale. Um, I feel like he was more into the telling people about it than he actually was into the doing. Yeah, and then he was like, wow, look at him cast. Guys, I, I fly fish. I've, I've had a fly rod in my position for uh, over 20 years now, and I love it, but I love it because of the tool that it is, you know? Um, I really like your little mental tool that, you know, ask yourself, would I be doing this if I couldn't post it on Facebook? If nobody in the world besides you can know, would you be out here? Yeah. You know, would you still enjoy this the way you do? Or is it the dopamine hit from the likes on Instagram of the big fish you caught? And, you know, and maybe that's the thing that's ruined it. Maybe you would have found this naturally and liked it that way without all this stuff. Well, what I, with the back to the social media thing real quick, um, I think it is people see the the monster fish pictures and they're like, I'm going to do that. And they go out there and they catch little fish. And now they're disappointed. Like, why, why can't I catch the big fish? Well, guess what? You caught a normal fish. The other ones that those people look for and they have guides and they spend a lot of money to get to where they're going. Or they pass the same fish seeing. around to five people. Yeah, right. Well, they, they busted some uh, Instagrammers of that. They're like, they, they took the picture and they saw that they caught one, you know, 40-inch pike. And then it's like, wow, that's the same 40-inch pike. He's got a blue shirt on. Oh, now he's got a green shirt on. Now, but it was the same fish, you know. But you're you're scrolling through. You're like, man, I suck at fishing. I don't catch fish like that. Well, that guy got one after a guide got it for him, you know. I guess the the one story that makes me the most furious is I forget what state it was, but some guy got caught Instagramming where he would literally go into the woods. He found him illegal anyway with the drone or whatever, and then he would shoot him, grip and grin him, and walk out. Oh yeah, I remember that. And he poached one. I remember that story. And. You know, he, so he, everybody goes, oh, this guy's getting big bucks. Why aren't I, you know? And the thing is, he don't even care. He didn't even want to do the work. He just wanted the Instagram. He just wanted the followers. That's mm-hmm. it. Well, real quick. So with the trends, my next one I'm going to blame is uh, Rogan. All right. Yeah. So I think Rogan is the, he's at most a half-assed hunter at most. And on his best day, he's a half-assed hunter. I wouldn't even call him a half-assed hunter. I just, he didn't have to do what everybody else has to do. Right. So when you get into hunting and you're listening to Rogan podcast, you're like, oh man, even Rogan, he kills big elk and carries them out and all this stuff. And it's like, no, 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 no. He's with some of the best hunters in the world with the most amount of money spent. They brought him right up to his trophy. He shot it and a bunch of guys helped him carry it out. He's not like you and me that work nine to five all week and then got off on the weekends and we got two hours to get this done. We don't have 30 grand to drop on a guide. Right. Um, but the thing is, is so people, how many people listen to Rogan? A lot more Midwest Frontier, you know? And, uh, but uh, I think uh, he got people into elk hunting, you know? So now you're scrolling Instagram or any of that stuff and there's like, oh, be mountain fit, mountain tough, mountain, get my, you know, and then Cameron Haynes is in on that. Granted, Cameron Haynes was doing this way before it was cool, you know? And the other thing, too, Cameron Haynes, to me, yes, he posts stuff on Instagram, but that guy's not about, like, social media. That's just something that came into his life so much later. I think he does it because he has to to keep up with the businesses that he runs, you know? But, yeah, he doesn't live and die by Instagram. Like, he he doesn't, like, obsess over it. But Rogan, everyone listened to Rogan, and all of a sudden now everyone's an elk, an archery elk hunter out in the mountains, and you need to get on my fitness program to be ready for the mountain. And yeah, I could be mountain tough too. So, but then, but then, so here's where I'm going with this. So they listen to Rogan, and they're like, "Oh man, I'm gonna be one of the guys like that," you know. And then they go out there and they walk around for a little bit, and they don't catch, they don't, they don't shoot anything, and they spend six hundred dollars on a tag or whatever they cost now, and uh, 
Then they come back and they're like, I don't want to hunt. That deer's not big enough for me to kill. I need to kill big elk because I train tough for it. And so I think, I think when you got guys like him setting up the trends, he's not being perfectly honest with you. He got to hunt with the best hunters in the world with the, some of the most secret places in the world for the most amount of money. And he's very successful. You know, that is what he's hunting. That's who you're following. That is not who you are. The, the greatest story I like to think of is remember Cameron Haynes guy that died, Roy. Yeah. Um, Big ass guy, big guy. Yeah, sorry, I swore, swore twice now on the podcast. I don't know if we're tabooing that, but uh, this guy, you would look at him and be like, "That guy can't do this," and of course he can't. And in fact, he could do it better than you. He's just gonna go out and do it. Yeah. So it's not about being mountain tough. It's not about all that stuff. It's about it's literally about the want. How bad do you want it? I just I when I'm when I'm uh, watching these things on Instagram, it's all a sales pitch. Everything about it's a sales pitch. It's not like, hey, look at this, it's cool. Oh, you yeah, know, buy my program. You know? Yeah, everything is a buy my program situation, and it's like, uh, oh, hey, this product. Before you go out, you need this camping product to be on the mountain longer for the bigger elk, and uh, you know. And so then I think everyone buys this stuff. They try it one or two times, and then they're like, yeah. It's just a lot of money and a lot of time to not be successful. But the thing is, is you got the advice to do this from a guy that is successful because he had an insane amount of money to do it. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, the one diet program that you hear very rarely about is fasting. And why is that? Because it doesn't sell anything. Yeah, there's nothing to sell. In right. fact, you're selling people to not sell, to not buy things. You're giving you know free I mean? information to not buy anything, you know? And, uh, that's what's crazy is people are only going to tell you about stuff that's going to sell you stuff. Yeah. You know, they're not going to just straight up hard work. You can't buy it from anywhere. Right. You know. Anyway, those are my reasons. So I think uh, certain trends, the fishing might go up and then come down, but I think it's always on a steady decline. Social media, I think, kills every aspect of life, you know, but it does it does link people together. There are if you use it right, it does link people together. But if you're just a dopamine like my page, like Kel always yells at me that I don't post on Instagram, you know, if I'm trying to make this popular, which it would be nice, but I just I don't live in that life where everything I need to do needs to be on Instagram. I think, uh, oh, you know what? I haven't posted in a while. I should find something to post and I come up with something, you know. The only thing that worries me about the decline in sales and stuff like that is what could this do for the future of fishing? In well, terms that's of the like, thing is less people care, less people, less money goes into it. Right. Nobody cares. So then the opportunities go away. But if, if you're worried about people just from a number standpoint, this number will go up and down all the time. Now, I granted the number probably will be going down for a while here, but something could happen like a pandemic or whatever, and the number jumps right back up. There's more people. But out it's temporary. They get, in it. I told you they had a 30,000 bump in 2021. By 2022, it was gone. Right. But. And I totally get that. But all of a sudden, let's say everybody stopped fishing. There was 200 people left, right? And then these 200 people say, you know, I can tell you about this now because the fish are great everywhere. And then all, all the, now it becomes a big popular thing. The license sales go right back up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's like a market share type of deal. You know what I mean? I could just tell you over the years, I've watched fishing go down. I've watched it go down and down oh, yeah. and down. I remember that guy at the bait shop when he said there was 10 other or eight other bait shops in the area, his business was better. So when he had more competition, he did better in business himself. But anyway. I, I think it's a good so, representation of just like small business in general. New modern hobbies. Uh, you know, like there's other things to do that are very accessible. I think that killed it. Uh, loss of the baby boomers, the biggest generation I ever lived. That was a big cause of it. And uh, just low amounts of fish. I think everyone has their expectations too high and they go out there and due to a lot of factors that kill the kill the amount of fish out there it discourages everybody from doing it but uh 
that's all I had to say this week. How about you? Anything? Any l- final thoughts? Yeah. What uh, w- was that? Your cliffhanger. So my cliffhanger was that that li- that live scope was a uh, was yeah. it was an April Fool's joke that I didn't pick up on. You I know, appreciate I thought- the joke, but I I hate that we actually like took it for real news you know well I mean? it, th- yeah the thing that really bothered me with that is it, it sounded convincing he did a great job as an april fool's joke but the thing is is like I, the reason why i didn't see it as a joke is because i was thinking this long before the article came out and then i see the article and i'm like oh dude perfect you know finally that was just a joke but that was the thing is like i actually took that for news and for what a week or two ago i said that and so i thought i think this whole time i'm like oh i thought they were actually making it illegal and no but they but you're not going to have these tech guys give it up. They're going to fight for it and fight for it. You're going to have the companies lobbying, and you're not going to have it. But they don't realize it's just killing fish. The companies will tell you it makes it easier to find fish. Yes, you have to find them because they're hard to find. You know. Anyway, I can go back around. The the one time this dude showed me a video about this new Hornady ammo that's coming out. He says all you do, all you got to do is link it up to your cell phone, and it'll literally take a picture of right before it hits the target. And you you don't even need it. You don't even need to like go down and look at your target. The bullet's going to tell you where it hit. And I was like, well, this sounds like kind of crazy. <laughs> you know, like how much are these? $300 a shot? Like, and, uh, but he's he getting all excited about it. And then he, he looked at his phone again. He's like, oh, it's an April Fool's joke. You know, and this was like <laughs> two months later. It was hilarious. But. What's the thing? Because I read that. I re- it wasn't April Fool. Like everything, when I was scrolling on April 1st and I was like looking at different things, everything's like, nah, it ain't real. It's April Fool's. It's April Fool's. And April Fool's fell on a Saturday this year. So like people had more time for this stuff. Um, but I read that like two, three days after, so my guard was down, you yeah. know. And then I look back, he did post that on April 1st, you know. Anyway, so think about next week, uh, fishing and all that stuff. And then uh, that's all I had to say. No Bush like Billy, just the two of us this week. So, you know. Maybe he'll come do a segment later. Uh, no, I'm probably going to wrap this up and just do it next week. I'll okay. probably just wrap this up. Believe it or not, I thought that was a great episode. You liked so, it? Yeah. Nice little talking. And thank top. you for listening. Yeah, and thanks so. for listening, everybody. Uh, we might go back to verses next week. We'll see. Pat never really comes up with a topic. I got to do all the work on Actually, that. I came up with the two-stroke for four-stroke thing. So After I brought it up. No, you're like, hey, let's do this. I got it on the list. you want to see it? What else could we do? And then... <laughs> Is that how I said it? Okay, no, that's just the voice in my head that I imagine like when you're texting. I have it on the list. When I came up with ideas, I said we could do this versus that, this versus that. And I went on there was four-stroke versus two-stroke. And later on in the week, you're like, hey, let's do that one. Okay, After I gave right. you the option. I'll give you that one. All right, so anybody. Anyway... Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. Thank you.